So one of the questions that we get asked is fairly frequently is as a newish vet, sometimes it feels like you're expected to know everything straight away and you end up putting an enormous amount of pressure on yourself to have all the answers, come up with everything, be perfect. So how do you deal with this pressure as a new vet? So this is something I experienced when I first graduated was the sense that, you know, you just had in every 10 or 15 minute segment of the day, this sense that you had to pass the exam, which was kind of a hangover from student days, right? Like whenever you got a test, you had to pass so you didn't progress. And passing for a lot of people, <laughs> I'm not one of them, but passing for a lot of people in veterinary medicine means getting like 80, 90%. Otherwise, they feel like a dismal failure. But actual fact, medicine is, is oftentimes, it's actually impossible to pass that test with that grade all of the time. When you're grading in a way that you have your mind in the old exam school setups, because a pass at vet school was very black and white, where a pass in the real world can be much, much more nuanced. A pass, what, what, what counts as a high pass, might not actually consist simply of getting the right clinical answers. In fact, most often it doesn't. What it's gonna consist of is getting the right diagnosis in a way that the client understands it, trusts you, says yes to your recommendations and is comfortable for you or the team or the person you recommend to fix the problem to actually take the next steps in the pathway and to fix that problem. So I think what I found useful, and I actually went way too far the other way. Like I went and visit my GP one day and I noticed that my GP did not even do a physical examination. They literally, you know, I went in with a, a fever. I was recently graduated, working hard. I was stressed, uh, working long hours, tough on calls, probably playing a little bit too hard as well. And I, 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 I remember getting a series of chest infections quite early in my career, which I think my immune system was just not coping very well because I was just permanently um, under pressure. And so I remember going in one time and, and he, the, the GP did not do, he, he asked me a couple of questions and he listened to my chest and then he wrote me a script for, for some antibiotics. And I thought, well, hang on, he didn't seem that stressed. <laughs> he didn't even do half of what I was trained to do. And yet here's a doctor doing that. So I thought, well, you know, if doctors can do that, well, what, what should we do here? And I actually went way too far the other way. And I, I, I took a lot of pressure off myself and I let my standards slip a little bit down to the level that GPs were operating at. And I and I I don't mean that disrespectfully for GPs because I think they've got a an you know an impossible task with the workload they've got. But I do think veterinarians work to a much higher standard of diagnostic medicine. You know, I think GPs filter a lot of stuff and and have got the advantage of their patients telling them what's wrong with them and what's not wrong with them and where it hurts. And we don't have that. So I went a little bit too far the other way. And because I was working on 10 minute appointments, like I was feeling this pressure and I was constantly running late. So I decided, well, I was going to abandon half of the things that I was trying to do and see what happened. And of course, what happened was, uh, you know, I, I made a couple of errors because of that. Not big errors, but blessedly small ones, recoverable ones, 
little things that were relatively inconsequential and could be corrected. However, it was enough to make me think that that was actually a mistake and it was only a matter of time before I started to have failure and, and, and failure that would scar me, would damage me. So I course corrected and went down a different pathway and said, well, look, what if I set out with the objective of success looks like being able to map out the next step? Not necessarily the final answer, but the next step in the time that's available to me. And what can I reasonably get done in that time so that I am satisfying my uh, need to do a good job, my legal obligation to be safe, and my ability to communicate, uh, which as a new graduate is harder because you've not got that skill set yet. And so I, I did not drop the bar for what I wanted as an outcome for my patient. What I'd said was, I'm going to be more realistic about what I can achieve and what a client is actually getting. A client is not buying the solution to their problem in 15 or 20 minutes or half an hour of your time. They're buying half an hour of your time, your expertise. And it may be a problem that cannot be solved in that time. So that being the case, when you think about it like that, a good outcome is to have arrived at the next step step in the sequence for the what happens next. Now, of course, you have to be careful. I'm not saying that you, if you're running slow, that takes all the pressure off of you to uh, to not have to solve every problem. Like you, you're not going to take three appointments to do a vaccination because you're going to annoy clients, you're going to lose clients left, right and center. But when you've got that tough medical case uh, or that, that chronic case, that chronic skin case, there might be a lot of stuff you have to do and to try, and it's actually okay to deal with one problem at a time. That you don't overload a client with like the five different things that it could be, but you work to say, okay, listen, there's a number of things that could be going on here. Uh, I'm going to look at the most obvious things first, and for that reason, we're going to do these tests. And if we get a positive result there, great. We're going to go ahead and, and treat and deal with that condition. We've got a diagnosis. But if we don't, there might be more to come. Are we all on the same page here? So don't you set yourself the expectation you have to be some super person capable of solving every problem veterinary medicine can throw at you immediately uh, or ever for that matter. Because as you get better, as you get more skillful, you'll actually realize just how much there is that you don't know about every subject. Uh, and that's completely okay. That's, that's normal. Uh, instead, give yourself the expectation of arriving at a reasonable progress point that everybody's comfortable and everybody's happy with. So that means you, that means the pet owner, that means your practice. Okay, so, so there is no lack of accountability here for what you have to do for the pet owner and what you're expected to do by the practice. But that is why uh, it's important when you're getting good at these early skills or you're practicing these early skills or indeed you start out and you suck at these early skills that you're given space and a little more time to get to the same point that a colleague who's five years experience would get to. Uh, you know, if they would, you would take half an hour to do what they might do 15 minutes. It's important to bed that process in. Uh, so that is one way that I ended up dealing with moments where I was applying too much pressure it was recognizing that the pressure was silly and it was a, an unrealistic aim. It was recognizing that this perfect consult actually is a hangover probably from trying to pass exams in a certain way and then moving on to the next case. And that's not how real life actually works. 
And it was a matter of then understanding clearly about what everybody's expectation was and also understanding that I was, I was capable of managing that expectation because there's cases where nobody knows exactly what's going to happen next in a, court, in, in, a, in a consultation, right? So when a puppy walks in with a broken limb, you can't take multiple goes to diagnose that, but you're not going to have to. You can find that problem fairly quickly and make a plan to make a diagnosis fairly quickly. In the emergency situation, that time frame shortens down. But in the more chronic or the, the more medical situation where an animal seems more stable, you may have more time. The important thing is to get to a point where you're comfortable that you did good, good work, that you've ruled out any imminent or dangerous things and kind of covered your butt there. And the pet owner also appreciates that this was a valuable transaction. They got good value out of the time. They understand the progress has been making and that they do actually see there's some sense of that progress. There's maybe a treatment step or a diagnostic step that you got to that now you're waiting for some results. And based on those results, you may have a follow-up examination and reassessment of the situation. And sometimes that may be charged. Sometimes that may be over the phone. That might be via telehealth consult. That's a really cool thing we can do now. But it's it's unwise to put this pressure on yourself to solve every problem in every moment. So that's one way you can work on dealing with the pressure that you place yourself under as a new vet. I hope that helps. Tell me if you've got any ways that you handle pressure yourself. Feel free to share them either in the DM uh, or perhaps in the comments. Uh, just flick a reply. I'd love to hear what your thoughts on that are as well. Okay, so from me, Dr. Dave, until the next episode of Freewheeling, be safe, be well, and be happy.